Thanksgiving big here in Discovery because uh, we believe that as Christians, we should simply be uh, about the most thankful people on the planet. And so um, we love uh, Thanksgiving here. You can go ahead and be seated. Uh, youth, uh, grades 5 through 12, you can meet your leaders over by the exit doors uh, to my right over there. Um, so we're thankful for you, youth. Glad that you're here. Uh, we'll see some of you in a little bit uh, for our baptisms that will take place later. And uh, so really glad that you're here. If you're visiting with us this morning, uh, let me give you a special welcome. Uh, my name's John. I'm our lead pastor here in Discovery. I'm just really glad that you're here on this Sunday. If somebody invited you this Sunday, it's because they love you uh, and care for you a whole lot, so uh, we're glad uh, that you're here with us. Uh, Before we go any further, I I want you to uh, do something with me. If you uh, uh, came in this morning, you should have gotten one of these cards in your packet. Uh, Can you go ahead and pull out that card right now? Uh, Maybe just wave some to me so I see that you have them. Uh, Some of you may not have gotten these. If you did not put up your hand, uh, one of our ushers will bring you Uh, these cards because I really want you to have, because God's going to use uh, you and this uh, to encourage somebody this week. Uh, What I would love for you to do first is to uh, take a look at the front of it. Uh, It says, I'm thankful for you, and that is for you. Um, We are thankful for you, Um, but it doesn't stop there. Um, What I hope that we will do with these cards this week is to now take that and pass that on to somebody. Um, There's a lot of people who are discouraged out there in our world, Uh, and uh, I know in our world of Facebook and texting and all that, uh, the the art of writing a card uh, to somebody has has long been lost, but I don't know about you, but when I get a a card that's been handwritten uh, and says something meaningful, uh, it means a whole lot to me. So if you didn't get a card, go ahead and put up your hand. Our ushers are trying to get around to you with those cards, Um, and then take that this week, pass that on uh, to somebody uh, with a note of encouragement to them. And uh, if you need more cards, we have them out there for you. We have the cards envelopes, so uh, there's really no excuse uh, not to do it at this point. So uh, let me pray for us as we are considering who it is that we'll give that card to. Uh, Lord God, um, God, thank you for uh, bringing us together here. I I pray that uh, each person that's here this morning would know that they are uh, loved, that they are valuable, not just to this church, but to you, God, and that means everything to us. That transforms our lives, and and God, as we realize the value that we have to you, uh, God, that you want us to express that to others as well, and so, uh, God, I pray that you would lay it on our minds and on our hearts, uh, if not right now, throughout this morning, uh, who it is that we can give that card to. God, I pray that right now you would just uh, put that person's face, put that person's name, that you would use us Uh, to encourage them with the love that we've received from you uh, to love others as well. So God, may we be diligent as your followers uh, to not just to receive, but to give uh, as well. God, we give you thanks uh, and we uh, give love to others as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, We're going to do lots of stuff here this morning. Um, We're going to uh, have a message from the Bible, uh, which I'll share with you uh, in a moment. We're going to sing some more songs. Uh, We're going to celebrate uh, a simple meal together um, called Communion, the Lord's Supper, uh, which uh, we do each Sunday here in Discovery. And then we're going to do baptisms, okay? This tub of water is not always uh, up here on a Sunday morning, but today we're going to do baptisms. And what baptisms are is really an overflow uh, of the thankfulness that we have for what 
what uh, God has done in our hearts. Jesus told us as his followers to go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son uh, and the Holy Spirit. So today as a church, we're following uh, Jesus' command to to make disciples and and to baptize them. Uh, There's going to be at least 10 people uh, stepping forward in baptism this morning. Uh, And we'll see that later on in worship. And those are people who uh, have made commitments to Christ, have decided to follow Jesus with all they are. And this is just kind of a public and symbolic uh, symbol of that obedience. Jesus called us to do this, and so it's the first step of obedience. And you may even be here this morning and say, wow, God's been doing stuff in my life. I've been making decisions, and you've been never baptized before. Well, today we're always prepared for that. Um, and if you decide that you want to be baptized today, if God moves on your heart, we brought extra shirts, extra shorts. Um, you'll have an opportunity uh, today if you want to step forward in baptism, even if you weren't planning on it. All right, so we'll do that uh, in a little bit. Um, but uh, right now we want to get into our, our time of teaching. And let me say this as we get into talking about Thanksgiving. In our culture, it's not always uh, easy to stop and pause for giving thanks. I mean, think about our culture. You know, it's kind of like in the stores where, you know, Halloween is the thing, okay? The store is stocked full of Halloween. And it almost seems like as soon as that's over, October 31st, that the Christmas stuff starts coming out, right? And it's like we go right from one thing to another. That's where uh, our culture uh, moves us. Um, And so uh, sometimes we don't stop to give Thanks. Maybe, I mean, this Thursday we will stop and we'll have a meal and we'll pray and we'll give thanks. Maybe we'll watch a little football and the Cowboys will lose and we'll give thanks. <laughs> but will we really, in our lives, give thanks? Now, there's been some people, some researchers, some scientists who uh, have been embarking on a field of gratitude research. Uh, There's actually this whole uh, study between UC Davis and Berkeley, actually $5.6 million to fund this study on the understanding and practice of gratitude. Actually, one of the top experts in the field is right here at UC Davis, uh, Dr. Robert Edmund. Some of you may even know him, Um, but they've been doing this research and they have said that being grateful, having gratitude, giving thanks is actually a very healthy thing in our lives. In fact, those who practice gratitude regularly express physically they're doing better. They have stronger immune systems. They're less bothered by aches and pains, lower blood pressure. They exercise more, take better care of their health. They sleep longer, feel more refreshed upon waking. I mean, how many of us that would just, uh, even if it was just for those physical effects, But they found that it goes more, that there's psychological effects, higher levels of positive emotions, more alert, alive, awake, more joy and pleasure, more optimism and happiness. Socially, people are more helpful, generous, and compassionate when they are grateful people, that they're more forgiving, they're more outgoing, they feel less lonely and isolated. This is what the research is showing. Okay, so for those of us who uh, appreciate research and want to break it all down, those are the results. That being grateful people seems like that has good effects on our lives. I bet we would all agree. Okay, we, it's good to be thankful people. It's good to give thanks. But part of the problem is that, I mean, some days it's hard to give thanks, isn't it? I mean... It's hard for Thanksgiving to flow out of us when we see the things going on in the world. And it seems like every time that you uh, check the news, you need to be prepared for some other catastrophe, some other attack. 
It makes us anxious and it makes us fearful. And if we look back over our year where we not only see threats of terrorism, but we see uh, in our own lives uh, things that are coming. Some of us, I mean, sitting out here, I just know have had hard years, lost relationships, lost loved ones, bad health diagnoses, another year of depression and anxiety. And is that where Thanksgiving is supposed to flow out of? Yeah, so it's one thing to say, oh, it's a good thing to give thanks. It's a whole nother for Thanksgiving to flow out of us. So many of us, I mean, no, I mean, California, right? It's, it's in drought. But in many ways, that physical environmental effect that we're seeing here, I mean, I know that it's, it's the effect that many of us are feeling. And I have a picture of a a reservoir here that my family and I uh, would go and play in. And we know the idea of a reservoir, right? It it fills up and then uh, it overflows from the mountains into uh, to impact all different areas of the state. But just a while back, and you've seen some pictures like this, but I took another picture of this reservoir recently. And and it's dry and, and it's barren. You've seen the pictures all around, but it's just so striking to me that for many of us, that's a picture of our life. That's a picture of our soul, where thankfulness is supposed to be flowing out of us, overflowing from the goodness that we have in our life, but we're not feeling very good. We're not feeling very full. And so uh, there's no overflow. There's nothing flowing out of us, let alone gratitude and thanksgiving. And so I just want to look at, for those of us as Christ followers, if we're supposed to be some of the most thankful people in the world, what is the cause of the overflow of our thankfulness? I'm going to go to Acts chapter 2, which is a picture of the early church. Acts chapter 2, we begin in verse 42. Um, if you need a Bible, you can find one on our app or you can put up your hand again and Usher will bring you a Bible. We'd love for everybody to have a Bible so you can look at these truths and study through them and ask questions for yourselves. But in Acts chapter 2, uh, what's gone on, this is the first church. This is the early church. Jesus lived. He died on the cross. He went to the grave. He was buried. But then he rose again after three days. And the, the followers had seen him. And then Jesus returned to heaven. He ascended to heaven and he left the followers there. The Holy Spirit came on this church. And in Acts chapter 2, we see the result of people who know Jesus and are filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says this, this is a picture of what their lives were like. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. All came upon every soul and many wonders, signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings, distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. It's a beautiful picture of the church gripped by the gospel of Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit. But I want to hone in on the scripture in verses 46 and 47 where it says this, day by day, they received 
their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God. See, in the, in the midst of this life that they were living, there was an overflow that was coming out of them as they were living this life, knowing Jesus, knowing the Holy Spirit among them. There's just this overflow of gratitude. They received what they got with glad and generous hearts, and they praised God, being thankful people. So if we were to look back, what caused this overflow? What, what was it? And we look back, and number one, what we would find is this, that they had received a new message. It was the good news of Jesus. It's the great news of Jesus. The gospel is what we call it. And here is what, if you were to look back in Acts 2, what was the message they received? At first, it didn't seem like good news because Peter, one of the church leaders that was standing there and explaining everything, what he ended up saying to them was, you crucified the Son of God. Now, I don't know if you were to hear that message, you wouldn't all of a sudden get tingly feelings. I mean, he looked at them and said, you crucified the Son of God. And it said that the people responded and said, what do we do now? And here's the good news. Peter looked at them and he said, repent, change your ways, because you can come back to God. And here's the good news, that no matter what we have done, the good news of Jesus is that God is ready to welcome us back. And this is a message that for those of us, and for those of us who have maybe have years where we look back and it's another year later and we look at our life and said, man, I'm still struggling with this. I'm still not doing that. And we would look back and what we see in this church, why they were so thankful is because they realized what they had done. They had crucified the Son of God, but God was ready to welcome them back if they would turn back to Him. And this is something that we are to be thankful about. When the gospel sits deep in us, when we have been saved from our past, when we deserve wrath from God for the things that we've done, and instead he gives us grace and he gives us mercy. And so as we look back on this past year, yes, we failed in doing a lot of things that we shouldn't have done. We failed to not do a lot of things that maybe we should have done. But we can be thankful because God's message still comes to us. The message of the gospel that says, yeah, you failed, you messed up. But there's still grace enough for you. And when that sits in our heart, then there's an overflow of thanksgiving for what God has done. The second thing that they were experiencing that resulted in this overflow was a new community. If we look at Acts 2, we read the picture of all that was going on. People were being generous. People were being glad. People were living life together. Whoever had a need, their need was being met. This is so beautiful. And again, it's being gripped by the gospel and empowered by the spirit that this was happening. But what makes it even more beautiful is that if we were to read back, we would see that these are a great diversity of people. The people that were there were at least 16 different people groups. Maybe more, different tongues, but yet they were coming together. 
And they were sharing life together. And that's such a beautiful, amazing thing. And that's a picture of the church. Now, for many of us, as we look around at the church today, I mean, we're still a pretty different people. Look at your neighbor and say, you're pretty different. Now, later you can explain what you meant by that. (laughs) But the reality is, as we come together, we are a different, we are a diverse people. And this is a beautiful thing, church. When we gather together in a room like this, and we look around, full of different, we have different ages, different generations, we have different races, we have different backgrounds. We have all differences in this room. Yet there's one thing that brings us together, and that is Jesus. And I know, church, I know, I'm a pastor, I know that there's brokenness among us. There are many times when our diversity, our differences, tend to divide us. Because that's what differences do. And so we're far from perfect, we're far from ideal. And so very often in the church, we can look around and we can focus on who we are not. We can focus on who's wronged me and look at others and say they should be doing this or not doing that. But the reality is when we come together, and this is a picture of beautiful gospel community. And rather than always focusing on what we are not, I think during this season we just need to be thankful to God that he has brought together this collection of people. That we are a place where when people have needs, that that needs are met. When we cry out for help, that there is help given. Not always perfectly, but we are a place where we come and we grow together in Jesus. Brought together by him. Not separated by our differences. We give thanks when we experience this new type of community. And finally, I'll say this. That they were experiencing a new hope that had been lost long ago. And it's not that their, experience, their circumstances changed all of a sudden. They were still under Roman occupation in Acts 2. They were still going to face some of the worst persecution and war and destruction than they would ever face. Their circumstances didn't change. They didn't have a change in their station of lives. Those who were slaves were still slaves. Those who had a job they didn't like, still had the job they didn't like. Those who had rebellious teenagers still had rebellious teenagers. But the difference was that they had a hope that what was going on on earth was not the end. That because of their relationship with God, there was an eternal hope, an eternal future. The book of Hebrews describes it this way, that there is an anchor for our soul that is sure and that is steadfast and leads us into the inner sanctuary with God. That is the hope that comes with the gospel. An anchor for the soul. When we're on stormy seas, no matter how big the waves are on the surface, down at a depth of more than 60 feet, everything is calm. And that's where you set the anchor into. Now, if we're trying to set the anchor into things that are fleeting, if we put our anchor into 
our government politics, if we put our anchor into our job, if we put our anchor into uh, our home, if we put our anchor into our family or the relationships that we have, and that's not sure and steadfast in this world. In fact, we're told that it's all fading away. But if we sink down deep into the God who is our hope, then no matter what's going on on the surface, we are sure and we are steadfast. And when we realize that hope, and we are thankful in whatever circumstances we face. And so if we're looking for a cause for thanksgiving, a cause to overflow, we need to look beyond the circumstances. We look like the Acts 2 church where when it overflows is when we grasp the, the, the message, when we grasp the community that we're a part of, when we grasp the hope that we now have in Jesus Christ, when we are gripped by this good news of Jesus each and every day, when we are empowered by his Holy Spirit to, to live then thanksgiving can begin to overflow where there are dry, parched lands, where our circumstances are less than we desire them to be. Then thanksgiving can overflow, not only into our own lives, but into the lives of others. So as followers of Jesus, we are by nature cultivators of gratitude. We must cultivate gratitude in our lives. Now, the, the gratitude research would, would tell us that there's ways that we can cultivate gratitude. It would tell us, write a thank you note is one way that you can cultivate gratitude. Or you can keep a gratitude journal, or you should count your blessings, or even some religious people will pray or meditate. And, and those sound like good things to cultivate gratitude in our lives. But again, if they are not rooted down deep, and you want to know something, this is not something new that the research is coming out with. God has long called us to be cultivators of gratitude, and he's called us to do this in different ways. Rather than just writing a thank you note, he says in Hebrews 3, verse 13, that we are to encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that we won't be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. We are to, to realize we don't just write thank you notes to each other or encourage one another to build ourselves up because we'll feel good that we did it. No, it's because there are people all around us that are hurting and being led astray and are in desperate need of somebody to reach out to them and encourage them. And so we have a choice, whether you use the note that was passed out or whether you find some other way to do it. Are we going to encourage one another, build one another up? In that. The gratitude research would tell us to, to keep a gratitude journal. God laid that out for us in the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 9, David wrote this, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. And he wrote them down. And he sang them. And we sing them. And we write them down. In fact, I gave us something today, an opportunity to, to do this. With your card, you should have got one of these I am thankful lists. Now, um, again, if you didn't get one of these, put up your hand. One of our ushers can, can get you one, or you can find them on the table on the way out. Now, this is not rocket science. I, I understand this. 
Um, but where this really stemmed out of uh, last summer, my family where I were on a road trip across country, me with my four kids, and, and uh, along the journey, my son started getting a little bit cranky. You know, we, we stopped, you know, from one place to another, and it was like, hey, I want this, I, I want that, and getting upset with his sisters for this and that. And so finally, I, had, I sat down with him, I said, you know what, you need to sit down and write and tell me 10 things that you're thankful for. And we sat down and we did that. And it took him a little while to process through. You know, he kind of had just that surface list. And I, I pressed him to think a little bit deeper. And so what maybe you would want to do this week is to take this and to think about what it is that you're truly thankful for. Now, maybe you can just rattle off that list. Maybe you need to think about really what are you deeply thankful for? And as we count our blessings... We need to remember what it is that God has given us. Ephesians chapter 1 says this, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Now, oftentimes our minds go to the physical things that we have. But we need to remember this. In Christ, if you are a follower of Jesus, you have been given every spiritual blessing blessing in the heavenly realms because you are with Christ. Every spiritual blessing. Maybe you need to dwell on those some this week and think about them. Think about what are those blessings. He continues, says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. If you need something to be thankful for, remember that you were alienated, that you were alone, you were separated from God. And he sent his son to bring you back, not just to call you a good church person, not just to even call you a Christian, but to call you his own son or daughter. Amen. These are the spiritual blessings that we receive where God lavishes us with all of these things. And so we give thanks to him. Gratitude research will tell us to pray. God's word tells us that we are to continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving that we are to not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Notice that word. It says, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, being thankful for what God has done, calling out to God in the midst of our anxieties, in the midst of our troubles. Let our requests be made known to God. These are some of the ways that we cultivate gratitude in our lives, not by going back to just the physical things that we have, but by going back to what God has given us in the gospel of his son. You know, church, one of the things that I've been convicted of is really needing to cultivate the discipline of thanksgiving and celebration in my own life and in our church. I mean, we are a people who focus a lot on what we're not doing or who we desire to be, or what we don't have. And we miss sometimes all that God has given us, and we fail to celebrate. Sometimes we come in on Sundays, and we talk about all that we need to be and where we fall short, and sometimes we build a culture on where we are falling short of the glory of God. And we miss the rest of the gospel, that even though we fall short, God sent his son 
and his lavish grace and mercy upon us, and he calls us his own. And that's a reason to celebrate. That's a reason to, to stand up and shout. That's a reason to sing loudly. That's a reason to pour out our love upon one another and to others because God has poured out his love on us. Sometimes we focus on all, we're who, all we are not and we miss who we are. We focus on all that we don't do rather than uh, all that God is growing us into. We focus on where we've been rather than where we are going. And so we miss thanksgiving. Thankfully, the Lord knows us and he knows we struggle and he knows we need reminders and we need times like this. You know, it was God who gave his people festivals. It was God who said, okay, stop your mourning and celebrate. I'm reminded of, of the Old Testament uh, leader, Nehemiah, who when they were reading the word of God, uh, they were all being brokenhearted and they were weeping and they were crying. And Nehemiah just stood before the people and said, let's put aside the sackcloth. Today is a day of celebration. Go enjoy the choice. Eat, celebrate and joy together because our God loves us. And he has called us his own. We need these times of celebration, festivals. I know Thanksgiving isn't a church holiday, but I would love to reclaim it. Sundays are about celebration, church. Sundays are about celebrating, coming together from all the muck and mire that we've experienced this week, proclaiming the name of Jesus, focusing on him, and celebrating together in all the different ways we do. I'm thankful that God has given us Sundays because I need them. And you need them. God's given us many different elements. He's given us the songs that we sing. He's given us the baptisms that we do. When we baptize today, those will be people who are celebrating with thankful hearts for what God has done. And we'll celebrate along. We're going to be singing some songs, but I hope that we will celebrate loudly because of the decision that people are making. Final reminder that our Lord and Savior Jesus gave us was the communion meal. I know it doesn't quite equate with the feasts that we will experience on Thursday. We have some simple tables here that are set up with just a piece of bread and a cup of juice. And we take those to remember the sacrifice that Jesus gave us on the cross when he gave his body and he gave his blood in order to save us from our sins. And he lavished us with grace, forgiveness, peace, hope, and joy. And so when we remember what he's done for us, it's so much more than just a piece of bread and a cup of juice. And so we're going to come together and we celebrate this. And when we celebrate it, we are celebrating the Lord's Supper. It's a reminder of the message for each one of us. That we are sinners, lost, hopeless, afraid. And God sent his son to go to the cross to purchase our salvation. And so when we take the bread and juice, we remember that message. And we overflow with thanksgiving. We celebrate communion together as a community. And so when we take this and we do it together, it's a reminder that we're not alone. That yes, we're helpless, we're in need, but we're not alone. God's brought us together, united by a son in the midst of all our differences. And it is a reminder of the hope that we have because you know that scripture talks that one day we will celebrate this feast 
a true feast, the true heavenly banquet with Jesus himself. And so right now is just seeing in part, just like we see our lives, but one day we look forward to the great hope and we will celebrate this meal with Jesus himself and that will be a feast, that will be a banquet. So church, let's just go before God with thankful hearts. God, thank you for Sunday. Thank you for a place that we can come together in the midst of our world, in the midst of all the things that we'll do throughout this week, and just kick off our Thanksgiving week with a reminder of who you are, a reminder that we should be overflowing with Thanksgiving. But God, I pray for us because we are beaten and battered by the wind and the waves here in this world. We're tossed and turned throughout the week. But God, we come back and we remember where our anchor holds. And it is in you. And it is in the message that you've given us in your son. That we not only have one another, but we have a hope for all eternity in you. And so God, as we continue to celebrate here, as we celebrate communion, as we sing songs, I pray that we would do so with thankful hearts. As we watch baptisms and are baptized, God, I pray that we would give thanks. Like those first colonists that came, they, they gave thanks simply for survival and for the harvest that had happened. God, this Thanksgiving, let us be thankful that we are here, we're standing in your grace, that people are coming to know you, people are coming to trust you, and that the harvest is still going on, that we're part of that as your church. Jesus, we give you all praise and honor and glory in your church for what you've done and for what you're doing. God, you are faithful. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen.